G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value in your draft Keeper Leagues. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How are you, mate? Good, Hef. Yourself? Not too bad. We just recorded our uh, top 100, or sorry, top 50 midfielder <laughs> rankings. Jeez Louise, you and are struggling tonight. I could not get a word out, so I'm really hoping that uh, the main podcast actually produce the goods here because my vocabulary just went down the toilet. I'm going to have to carry you tonight. I think you might have to. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I went back to work for the, after about six weeks off uh, this week and I'm taking some more time off after next week. But uh, yeah, I'm just a bit tired at the moment, Kays, that's all. Look, in your defense, you hadn't cracked a, a remedy at that stage, so <laughs> yeah. you're a bit dry. I'm taking bit, the top uh, off one now. So, yeah. uh, so yeah. he's backfiring now. So I'm about to um, open mine, a little cola for tonight. But yeah, uh, nice. Look, if the uh, the top 50 to midfielder ranks is anything to go by, this uh, this podcast is in for a long night. Yeah, absolutely. So, just if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, uh, for our members, we do our top, our top 50 rankings episode and we release our top 100 uh, midfield rankings um, this week. So, if you're keen to get um, your hands on those, uh, mm-hmm. jump on as a member and Sign you'll up. gain access to those. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I guess we've already talked about uh, Remedy. I think uh, we should, uh, I was looking at our stats today on mm-hmm. our podcast and listeners during the week. Yep. Right this moment, we're the 150 50th ranked podcast in Australia in, sport, wow. in sports. <laughs> so in let's sports. get real specific. Yeah. Sweet. Maybe even fantasy sports specific. No, it's actually sports. So, but I was looking at the stats and um, a lot of our listeners, actually most of our listeners, all of our listeners, well, not all of our, most of our listeners last week, the majority of our listeners came mm-hmm. from Perth last week. Okay. So um, I just want to give a big shout out to our Perth listeners who yeah. are stuck in lockdown this week. So hopefully we can bring you a bit of uh, entertainment for an hour or so mm-hmm. while you're stuck there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, just, yeah, it's, I know we only had to do three days, so we can't really speak from experience, no. but we've heard it's tough. So so we got a taste that it was tough. <laughs> Stick fat and listen to the Keep Play podcast. Yeah, exactly. And drink Remedy if you can go out to the yeah. shops and get some. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, No, nah, we won't go there. <laughs> it's definitely not a cure for anything. All right, uh, Kays, let's explain tonight's podcast. Yes, well, we are going to look at Hawthorne, Melbourne and North Melbourne tonight. So, uh, look through some of their Keeper League relevant players. We won't touch on any of the rookies uh, as we have done Previously, um, it's just going to be the guys who have been there for a year or more. So, we'll keep rolling through those. Uh, a couple of uh, spicy takes in some of the uh, player previews tonight, reading Absolutely. through the show, Doc. Um, but also, a couple of things, if you're new to the pod. 2G4PF, it stands for too good for the pod. So, these are guys we don't talk about. They're, you know, the Brody Grundies or, yep. you know, the James Warples or whoever else. Max Gorn. We don't want to talk about them. Although, if players become 2G4P, you might see this on the okay. stream. Back to the pod. <laughs> so, people can come back to the pod. No, I'm talking 2G4P. Oh, two, just anyway. that kind of button that I Yeah. Pressed. So, like, basically, we don't want to talk about those guys. We're talking about the guys who build up your keeper leagues. Um, and then when we do talk about draft, we're just talking about uh, drafting players as if you're an established keeper league. So, not... Uh, front off brand new um, new draft it's if you've been playing for two to you know eight years like we have this is how we kind of talk about where you should draft people there but the big ticket item on tonight's show Hef is we talk to the one the only Trent Dumont. That's correct. Uh, a couple of weeks ago now, it seems like an ages mm. ago, we uh, we could only team up back a couple of weeks ago and we yep. only thought it'd be, you'd be sensible to only release it when we talked about North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So, we had our fingers and our toes crossed that no one would get injured and the information would stay relevant. I, I think, think it's we, pretty we did okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, still, it's still relevant. So, um, yeah, that's a lot. Come through at night. You'll finally hear that. Sorry, Kays. I was checking on the stream before. Did you yeah. talk about the Keeper League 101 episode that we put out earlier in the week? Uh, I've just, that was one of my, the next Good, good. I wasn't sure if you actually no, did no, already. No, no. I just want to go back to Trent Dumont. <laughs> because it's actually yeah, the most yeah, exciting cool. thing. A genuinely good chat with Trent. But yeah. uh, yes, Hef. So what we did last or this last week, we recorded it. It's come out this week. We did basically a, a Keeper League 101. So a short podcast on uh, how to start up a Keeper League, you know, who to get involved with, um, 
basically, like, if you have never played it before, what you what what's to expect? You know, a lot of people who are listening are, are diehard keeper league players, which is awesome. But we're also getting a whole heap of new ones. Um, the cool thing is about this hef is that you've been doing some work with the boys from DT Talk slash AFL Fantasy slash AFL.com.au, and then someone's told me that you might be having an article drop tomorrow. Is that true? Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny this, but uh, well, look, heard- stay tuned tomorrow to the AFL website. There could be something there. I'm not, you know, not hundred percent. Look, maybe. I've heard from a pretty <laughs> credible source, and this is a genuine fact, listeners. So uh, well, the story is that. Um, what happened was uh, Hef supplied the article to the AFL guys and they're like, great article, Hef, we'll put it up on Wednesday. Um, what do we want to reference you from? Should you be, should you be Hef from the Keeper League, etc., etc.? Hef actually replied back and said, Hollywood Hef. This he's is- taking it on. He wants to be known as Hollywood Hef this from is a now on. Up, so, people. his Twitter handle might have to change. I've been told from a very, very good source that Hef now can only be referred to as Hollywood uh, look, uh, this is this is all speculation. I cannot confirm nor deny that anything is happening at all on a on a specific website. He tomorrow. gets onto the AFL website. There, and there, could, there head, could be. I like, don't know. Honest, there's a big door to come into this room, but I don't know if heads Hef's head will fit out. Surely. I don't know. If, I don't know if we're allowed to actually talk about it. So I hope we are. I warn he's in the chat uh, on Facebook, so he might be able to let us know if we're allowed to talk about anything that we that may or may not be happening. Okay, anyway, let's, I'm sick of talking about this. <laughs> let's move on to getting stuck into some of the uh, team analysis. Let's do. It. All right, first up we've got Hawthorne. Kay, you got a best 22 for us? I do have a best 22 for you, Hollywood. Uh, from the back line, Blake Hardwick, Ben McAvoy and Jarman Impey. Then on the half-back line is Will Day, Sam Frost and Jack Scrimshaw. Uh, through the midfield, Tom Phillips, Tom Mitchell and Harry Morrison. Uh, half-forward flank of Sean Burgoyne, Tim O'Brien and Jack Gunston. With Chad Wingard, Mitch Lewis and Luke Bruce up forward. Uh, John Segler in the ruck with James Warple and Jaeger O'Meara. And on the pine, Liam Shields, Damon Graves, Greaves, however you want to say it, James Cousins and Kyle Hardigan, which leaves the emergencies. Well, not anymore. I had Tom Scully on there, but uh, he's gone. Uh, James Sicily, John Patton and Denver Granger Brass. All right. So, the, I, I, don't, I don't think I have too many issues with the actual selections there. I mm-hmm. think you're actually pretty close. Yep. But do you think McAvoy's still going to play in defence? Well, I've looked at this extensively since uh, I put the, the side up yesterday and, yeah. and, and before, obviously. But uh, look- McAvoy played defense at the start of the year, went into the ruck in the middle part of the year when Segler was out, and then ended the season, probably last five or six games, I think, back in defense. Now, my worry is you've lost Sicily, you've lost Frawley, you've only got really Sam Frost back there. You've either got to blood someone like Jeff or uh, Granger Barras, and Carl Hardigan they've brought in, but really he's just a bit player. He's not really a really great, big, strong centre-half back. So, I just don't know who else they've got to play back there. I rewatched the la- their last game of the season, just his highlights. And it seemed like first half he was in defence, but second half he was rucking. And it seemed like they were winning more out of the middle when he was rucking. Now, he's the El Capitano as yeah, well. which is a strange, strange move. He just plays where he wants. Surely, he doesn't go, oh, I'm going to play at fullback. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's going to be right. like Clarko, <laughs> little fella. Well, buddy, it, put me where I want. It's not going to hurt, I don't think. Uh, yeah, it will. <laughs> no. Have you ever met Alistair Clarkson? He's one of the scariest blokes in the world. Oh, like, yeah, but I mean, it's not going to hurt Hawthorne's chances this season. They might as well play him the ruck in the yeah, midfield as best use. Look, he could, but... I just don't know who else they've got to play back there. So, if that's he, the reasoning and he played back there late last if year. If he plays in the ruck, he's going to be mm-hmm. juicy as fuck though. That's he will. Sure. Yeah, he will. But, yeah. you know, as you've seen the last couple of years, he could burn you as well. Yeah, on true. The flip side is everyone drafting him as their number one ruckman and then he just doesn't play there. So, yeah, a tough one. There's a lot of hype about um, 
I'm going to say Chengkuth Jath or mm-hmm. CJ Jath. I think his I'll name is CJ is, I think, what he's known as mm-hmm. for short. Yeah. There's a lot of hype there. Was he in your, in your emergencies even? He will sneak in there now. now there's okay. no Tom Scully. Yeah, okay. So he's an outside. He was around the mark. Yeah, yeah. outside type, uh, halfback flanker type. Dylan Moore's another one you could probably throw in there with uh, light for light for Scully. But yeah, I don't know. There's there's enough there in that Hawthorne side to kind of keep me excited from a fantasy perspective. I think there's a few guys who can jump out and we'll... Um, Get stuck into them now. Cool. All right. Who you got to talk about first, Case? Uh, first cab off the rank, we're going to go back to an old favourite in Jack Gunston. So, feels like Gunston's been around for 15 years plus. He just seems to have been hanging around, you know, he was at the Crows ages ago. He's still only 29. Like, he's still yeah. reasonably young. Um, average 61 last year, which we turned into a 76 with the BCV um, calcs. So, basically, that's what he did in 2019. So, he's basically been hanging around that 75, 76 kind of numbers um, the last couple of years, but that has dropped 10 points per game from his averages in 2016 to 2018, where he's that 85, 86 average. So, um, I think it kind of comes down to Gunster not being in a quality side has hurt him that 10-point kind of gap. You know, he's a guy that needs to get on the end of maybe a, a couple of cheap goals or, you know, yeah. um, quick kicks forward when you've got a good side who can kind of break the lines and open it up. He's the beneficiary of that. Um Obviously, Hawthorne's struggling a bit now. He's seen a bit of a dip. He's obviously a very, very serviceable forward and um, really, really puts in a bad game. I think 41, which is a, a 50, was his lowest game last year, which is not a bad effort for really a guy who's your F3 to F5, however your strongest forward line is. So, um, end of the season with an 18-touch, 11-mark, 4-goal, 2-game for 110 points, which is a, a 137 BCB. Um has a bit of value this year, I think, in a in a shallow forward pool, especially because he's still 29, still got, you know, one, two, three good years left in him. Just the fact that he's just so consistent, really, really puts in a bad game, got a very uh, high floor, he's very good. Um, potentially could make the case this year that he's a keeper, but he'd be probably down your list. Um, and I think one that you could take pretty early um, in a in a draft and, and just kind of bolster up your forward stocks, especially in a year where there's not many great, great forwards around. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the goals drying up because the mm-hmm. Hawthorne just aren't scoring as many goals mm-hmm. as well. Um, he's the kind of player that I wouldn't even think about this year if it weren't for the kind of forward situation where I've lost all of my forwards. Mm-hmm. He's the type of player that's likely to be in a draft. Yep. And he's the type of player that will still probably go early-ish in our draft uh, purely because everyone seems to have lost their forwards this Correct. year as well. Yep. So, I don't mind Gunston. Um, he's not a long-term prospect whatsoever. No. Um, I wouldn't be have too much confidence you know, further than this year. Um, but I think, yeah, given the state of, state of play, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind picking up Gunston this year in our draft. He's just a stress-free like player to have yeah, in the exactly. because you know yep. what you're going to get, which yeah. is, is all you need sometimes. Yeah, and for me, he'd be probably my F4, F3, F4 as well, mm-hmm. which is yep. fine. Like yeah. Gunston's fine. At that, at that level. For sure. So I'm happy with that. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to hit the uh, your boy button case because we are talking about Jack Scrimshaw. Now, he's only been my, in my team for a year, but, you know, I only make boy, my boys the players that are in my team. So. I'm interested in your sub story. Okay, fine. But uh, he's one of my boys. Just uh, Fantastic. There you go. <laughs> Good on you. I think you're a little bit jealous about this one. Well, he was in my side the year before. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I keep bringing it up. Anyway, uh, Jack Scrimshaw, he finally so he's got- our boy. No, you can only you have to you have to so only share them. Oh, fine, you can borrow him as long as I can have Ben Keys. No, uh, well, no then. Anyway, uh, Jack Scrimshaw finally got a decent run in the Hawthorne side in 2020. So, in previous years, he'd had a few injuries and struggled to find his place in the side. Last year, he managed 13 games and produced some good numbers among them too. Uh, this included a top score of 86, which is 107.5 BCV. That was against the Crows in round 15, which they lost that game, didn't they? 
I think it was the week after Sicily came out, uh, mm. le- le- left and then uh, or got injured. And then, yeah. But anyway, he also had an 84, which is a 105 BCV, and that was against the Bombers in round 14, your mob. Okay, so some quality opposition there. Uh, <laughs> but it's not just the injury-free uh, run that led to this turnaround. We mentioned just before that James Sicily's injury mm-hmm. has a lot to do with it. That came around 12. Um, so Scrimshaw seemed to be the player that slotted into Sicily's fantasy-friendly role yep. after that. From round 12, he averaged 85 BCV, so 68 overall. Um, so that's pretty telling there. The thing is, he had a few lean games towards the end of the season, and this really coincided with Damon Greaves when he came into the side. So I'll talk more about um, Greaves later, but let's just go back to Sicily on the positives here. So according to the Breakout Tracker, which is our AFL fantasy resource that allows you to compare the early players to the best in the competition at the same points in their career. <laughs> Puffed out after saying that. Um, if you want to learn it's more like about that, sign up, as, yeah. sign up as a member. <laughs> um, he's tracking against. He's tracking really well against the top defenders in the competition. So um, yeah, I think he's just above their trajectory when you look at the Breakout Tracker chart. So the issue is how reliable is he with the injury history? I think um, mm-hmm. the fact that he's never played a full season before yep. he's always shown glimpses but how early do you invest in a startup draft because he hasn't really put the season together mm-hmm. then Sicily also won't be out forever yep. and uh, MP will come back um, with a full preseason under his belt too so these are the things that you need to think about what do you reckon Kay is how do you reckon he's going to go uh, I'm quite keen on Scrimshaw because I think like if you're going to say Sicily is the the main guy back there like I rate Scrimshaw higher than probably MP. Graves, Will Days come on the scene pretty pretty well. Um, you know, he's a more uh, attacking player than someone like Blake Hardwick. I think that he's a almost real um, point of difference in a lot of uh, sides. Like, you know, I think if you want to go for someone like Scrimshaw, I think it, it's actually worth the punt. Like, not going super, super early, like top 10, top 20 kind of defender, but if you can get him around that, you know, 30 to 40 range, I reckon. I think he's a guy that can repay it in spades because he uses the ball well. It was a great kick. He might be one who takes a few kickouts this year, which could be massive. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm quite keen, especially because we'll see him without Sicily. Yeah, I'm I'm also I'm, – I'm keen on him, but I'm also won't be surprised if something, you know, bad does happen in terms of his fantasy scoring. He doesn't kind of live up to the hype that we're all expecting. I'm just kind Will of – dump him then? Maybe at the end of the year oh, if he's, he's dumpable. Cutthroat. Not now though. I'm keeping cutthroat. him now. At this point in time, he's it's not really a boy. Kids. Then it's love all the way through. No, nah, like I said, I can only I can only make players that are in my team my boys. So oh, yeah, who knows? Anyway, let's move on to another one that you really enjoy talking about, and that's Jarman Impey. I do. Um, look, I think he could be one of the bargain pickups of the year here, uh, Impey. So he did his ACL at the back end of 2019, um, and his five games last year were basically a complete write off. He only averaged uh, 38, which is a 48 BCV, and ended up playing a lot more forward um, where we haven't really seen him play uh, for a very very long time I think the good news with that though is that he's gone from back to forward status in uh, fantasy this year which is a real win for coaches in 2021 and I think he'll return to his um, spot in the halfback line or, or, or through the back pocket you might not remember, but back in 2019, before he did his ACL, he was actually flying. He did only average 71 for the season, but in his last five games, he was averaging 85 and had games of 89, 80, 89, 96, and 103. So I'm always happy to give guys coming off an ACL a year just trying to get back into the swing of things. You know, we saw that with uh, Doherty, who, you know, slowly got back to his best last year after with that year. And then obviously Impey as well, you know, so Mitchell have a bit of a quiet year as well. So I think with those big injury, um, big injuries you've got to give him a year to kind of get back into the swing i think he'll have another preseason under his belt um he'll get his body and mind right and obviously he'll slot back into that halfback line so i think it's going to be a very uh, nice free swing for a lot of coaches um he'll be hardly valued in the market uh, due to his poor 
2020. But um, I can only see him pushing that average back up towards a mid 70 ish, uh, 70 plus. And if he's fit, um, you know, playing off that halfback wing, he could push, you know, to an 80 again. So he is only 25. So there's plenty of good footy left in in Jarman. Um, he's going to be a bargain, especially in a startup league or in most leagues. And as a guy, you can probably take super late. He could end up being, a, you know, an F3 by the end of the season, uh, if not higher. Oh, for me, he's just, uh, he's only ever going to be cover for me. Like being an ex-port boy, I watched him pretty close. I was here. I always thought at his very best, if he got to it, he'd be a quality over quantity type, like mm-hmm. your, your Adam fair. Sard or something like that. So, yeah. I don't think um, I don't think he's ever going to be a fantasy star. So, I wouldn't be drafting him with the expectation that he could be a keeper for you. But he's one of those players that they're going to be in the draft. They'll play each week and they'll give you reasonable cover, I think. That's where I sit with Jarman. If he's scoring 70 this year as a forward, as a F4, F5, that's good. Yeah, I just don't know if I see him scoring that highly. Like that's his that's his best, I reckon, this year. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Just with how up and down he is. Like he'll have games where he scores more than that, don't get me wrong. Mm. But he'll have very quiet games in between as well. So the next guy's gonna score more, is he then have? Well, Damon Greaves is the guy we're talking about next. Now, technically no, you- he is. Oh, right. Sorry, that we talking about? No. Oh, what are you going to my boy him already? No, I was going to my boy him. You Definitely talk not. About he's not him my enough. team. No, no, no. I'm going to hit the 2G4P button because he's technically 2G4P because he was within the top 150, he's but he only played, played three, three games. games exactly. Man. Come on. So there has to be an outlier. But there were three good games as opposed to I Harry. I've had three good games in my as career. As opposed too. to Harry Schoenberg, he's only played one good game. <laughs> very, very good player is Harry. Very good player. Anyway. Um, so look, he's got, a, he's got a 100% strike weight for good games for games played good on him anyway so play only played the last three games of the year average 70.3 which is an 87.8 bcv the scores he had were 67 69 and 75 so he got better each time as well but what i like doing he just looks super composed like he was good in traffic great disposal later tackle a few tackles as well and just played a fantasy friendly role off halfback and he actually kind of looked like he impeded into uh, Scrimshaw scoring towards the end. Now, this is something I didn't actually realize because I'm not, I'm not, I'm an AFL fantasy player. I'm not a super coach player. Mm-hmm. I don't really look at disposal efficiency and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. I notice when they're kicking badly, but I don't really look into players. I found this stat pretty damn um, good. So, he had averaged 17.4 disposals from his games and had 90.4% disposal efficiency. So, that was the best in the league in terms of averages. Um they only played three games though. So it's interesting to see, like if he wouldn't be interesting to see if he played more, whether he would have kept that up. But the next best was Shannon Hearn, which was way below the 90% mark. So he also took 5.7 marks per game, which is also in the elite category as well. So only elite players were taking those sort of marks per game. Again, it's only three games, but... Just looking at him, the way he played, the way he started, and just that disposal efficiency as well. He's not going to get dropped having that in their side. They're going to want the ball in his hands if he's got it. I think Greaves is the real deal. Just be very wary of this small sample size, F. If you want to go, always, if you want to go on the stats, Luke Dunson was I, the best fantasy player last year. I keep saying that it's three games, but I don't know for for a guy who's played his first three games and started that well. What's he going to be doing in you know 10, 20, 30 games? I'd like to see it, but I just I just don't want to trust him yet. I keep likening. I've, we've talked about it before. You know, Harry Morrison finished a year on fire. You know, three or four years ago, and we've never really seen boo since from him. Yeah. You know, so like people can finish off years hot. You know, especially in a season like last year where people just could not be bothered playing at the end of the year. You know, you're giving easy games to guys who potentially don't necessarily not so deserve it, but you know, like guys who wouldn't get them normally. I don't know. I want to see something this year. I'm not jumping in head first. I'd only be looking at him mid to late. 
because I just don't trust this three game sample size. Now, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, put my house on or anything like that. But I'm just saying it's super positive signs. Like some of the most positive signs you could probably get out of a year like last year with the reduced time and ground reduced scoring. Like you've got to make an assessment Look, of these I'm guys. I'm not saying those three games weren't great, but am I going to trust him long term off three games? No. I think he's worth a punt though on the back of that. I'm not saying trust. Well, you can go for him. I'm going to. When he when are you gonna? <laughs> okay, so he's in our pool this year because we, yeah. we keep 16. So I think there's what 12 teams. I, what's that? Yeah. 12, 16. That I picked up. When's he going to go? Second or third round, I reckon. Radio. I reckon he will. Okay. Because I'll take him then. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> Anyways, I'll keep going with another one of my boys, uh, Will Day. So, what a gun. He came in at number 13 in our draftee rankings last year. Probably should have gone higher um, by the end of the season. But, uh, you know, it's hard to tell when you're only looking at their junior numbers. Um, but, yeah. Averaged, uh, we'll, go, we'll talk about his junior numbers because uh, that's what kind of makes me so high on him. He averaged 107 in the Sample under-18s back in 2019. Played a very fantasy role, uh, fantasy-friendly role off halfback. Uh, averaged 59.6, which is 74.5 for the season. Um, had top scores of 77, uh, which was a 96 BCV versus the Saints in round 16. And 75, uh, which is a 93.8 BCV against the Eagles in round 12. Also had 72 in his uh, in the second game of his career against Melbourne. So, for a player in his first year I reckon these are really good numbers but then again I worry you know this year short term what Scrimshaw, Greaves, Impey all on the side do to him with Sisley coming back too although I do think he's a player that could push up to a, a wing role mm-hmm. um, if needed especially with the uh, the om- omission today of Scully yes, we know yep. he's not going to be there this season so I don't think he'd be too out of place on that wing if he was to get it so I'm high on him and I think our listeners should be too how do you rate him? Um, yeah he's one I've definitely got my radar obviously it's going to be hard to get him in our league who uh, love youngsters um, but yeah if you can get him and potentially last year he might not have got drafted in a few leagues because you know some people don't draft or go that deep, or, or they don't—they're not members of the podcast and don't listen to the exactly, top. Yeah, exactly. So you, you don't want to make that mistake. But um, yeah, he looks—he looks to have a lot of tricks, and I think yes, with with Scully going out, I had Harry Morrison on my wing. Um, he's a guy that could easily go onto that wing and replace Morrison and have um and Tom Phillips on the other wing. So uh, I think he's too good a player not to be playing this year, especially when Hawthorne are rebuilding. I think they'll give games uh, and plenty of responsibility to someone like Day, who seems to have uh, plenty of talent. Cool, cool. All right, let's move on to your next player. Yes, my last player is James Cousins. Now, he is on the precipice of being my boy. Not really, but like he's a guy I've talked up for a while um, and he could be a real fantasy mover or shaker. Um, He actually has one of the most genuine fantasy games going around, but just can't seem to consistently crack the Hawks side. He ended up being the sixth highest averaging Hawthorne player last year, averaged more points than Shields and Wingard. So, he's in some good company. Uh, played the final six games of 2020, uh, averaged 68 there, which is an 85 BCV, and had a 91 point PV, which is a 113 BCV. So, that was the final game against the Suns. It was a real um, fantasy friendly fest. Definitely. But he knows how to find the footy. Um, the least amount of touches he had last year was 16, and he's also a very, very good tackler. Looking back to 2019, where I thought he was going to be on the rise, uh, he had 108 points of 68% time on ground, um, which shows he can really get it done um, when he's out there. Just needs to get out there. That's basically the, the issue with Jimmy Cousins. He's 22 now. I think with the Hawthorne midfield needing a bit of reinvigoration and they just got to start playing some of these kids, um, you know, they're, they're on the rebuild for sure. If he gets that game time and he's out there for an extended period of time, time on ground-wise, uh, there are some genuine points to be had. I think he's one you've got to have on your radar if he's not there already. Yeah, I agree. Like, 
watching the Hawks last year was pretty hard work. Mm-hmm. And in the last, you know, five or six games of the year, I didn't really pay too much attention to him. But he's one of those players that you're kind of just trawling through numbers, have a look, and you're like, holy shit, he yeah. scored well in yeah. the last, you yeah. know, back end of the season. So, um, yeah, James Cousins, he's another one that if he can lock down a spot in the side, yeah. he's definitely a guy, whether he can do that. Yeah, I think, that, I think that, he should. I think he should. I think he should too. Yeah, yeah. It's just where you take him in a draft. I yeah. think he's a mid mid kind of a pick because there's still that iffiness about him being best 22 maybe. Yeah. But um, interesting to see how what kind of reports you hear from the Hawthorne preseason, see how he's tracking. And there just seems to be so many players that can step onto this kind of vacant wing role we kind of keep talking mm, about. Or through the midfield a bit. You know, yeah, like he just takes a couple of injuries through there. Yeah, and, true. You know, Actually, yeah, he's probably he can slot in there. Probably fits there as well, yeah. And just the last one, we have a little monitor for the week, is uh, Dylan Moore. So just keep your eye on him over the preseason. Uh, got a couple of freebie games late in the year, just like your man, Damon. Um, but he did notch up a nine. 26.120 BCV final game against the Suns. As I said, it was a bit of a, a scoring fest. He had 25 touches, eight marks, and a goal in that game. Uh, was very, very nice going. There was no Jimmy Warple in that day, so got a bit of a crack through the guts, which is good. But he did have some impressive junior slash VFL numbers, so he's definitely one worth watching. Um, look, obviously, um, with, you know, guys like Warple, O'Meara, um, you know, there's a bit of quality actually in that midfield. Just if he can get in there full time, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But another one who could potentially put his hand up for that um, Tom Scully wing role. So just one to monitor there. Dylan Moore um, looks like he could have a few tricks. All right. Let's move on to the next team of the night. All right, moving on to the Melbourne Demons. You got a best 22 for us, guys? I sure do, Heffy. Um, we have Michael Hibbert in the back pocket, Jake Lever and Nathan Jones, then Christian Salem, Stephen May and Trent Rivers, and the wing, Ed Langdon, Jack Viney and James Harms. We've got Christian Petrarca, Tom McDonald and Bailey Fritch with Jake Meltram, Ben Brown and Jaden Hunt up forward. Big Maxi Gorn in the ruck with Clay Oliver and Angus Brayshaw. Then uh, Cozzy Pickett, Sam Wiedemann, Adam Tomlinson and Luke Jackson on the pine. Uh, my emergencies include Charlie Spargo, Alex Neil Bullen, Aaron Vandenberg and Tommy Sparrow. Uh, one of our listeners who's uh, mm. watching on the stream has yeah. just reported that uh, Ben Brown is seeing a knee specialist. Man, Ben Mortimer has sent that in. Thanks, so, um, yeah, two hours ago on the web- uh, website, that's appeared up. So, just something to think about. But- so, that solves all my problems from today's <laughs> arguments with people on Twitter that my side was too tall. I was about to bring that up. Get Ben Brown out there and bring in Tom Sparrow then. Yeah. Uh, look, yes, potentially we're a bit too tall, but I think that someone like Luke Jackson can play small. Like, we, if you watched him last year, yes, he's potentially the, the next uh, number one ruckman in waiting but his ability to, to to get the ball at ground level and um you know dish it out he's got speed he's got a basketball background half who oh, would have thought geez no, no one in the afl's got one of them no he's the first guy that i've heard of <laughs> um but look he looks like he could actually play a bit of a you know half forward flanky wingy role if they really needed to and i, I don't think adam tomlinson's best suited as a key position player so i think he can play a bit smaller so i'm ha- i'm comfortable enough that they could play um brown wiedemann mcdonald and Jackson in that side, but um, look, if one of them gets injured or, or that, you know, we, we won't see that. Now, there's a lot of talk about Harms moving back into the midfield. Yep. You've yep. got him on the wing. Yes. I think owners would be happy if they saw him play there. I think he has to. I think what they did to him last year, um, you know, it was atrocious. Just, it just ruined his his game fantasy-wise and probably real footy-wise. So, get him back in the midfield where, you know, a, a, couple ago, otherwise. But a couple of years ago, he was really good to watch kind of as yeah, that yeah. grunt. Grunt player in there with Nathan Jones and they're going all right. So yeah. I'll talk think, about him a bit later I, yeah, on. Yeah, I think yeah. they need to get him back in there and, and it, um, 
it will serve their team a lot better with him in and around the footy. And where's my boy Charlie Spargo? He's just um, best 26. Just oh, is he best 26? He's best 26. Oh, that's good. He's just mixing the Gatorade in yeah. the, uh, the rooms for the boys. I'll never forget, I was just gloating after he had that 48-point first half and then scored two more points for the rest of the game. <laughs> it's unlike you go the early crow heffy, is it? <laughs> nah, very unlike me. Yeah. That's why anyway, we call it Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> only um, six Melbourne players were- I think he likes it, doesn't he, listeners? He likes the, uh, the name Hollywood. Yeah, fucking love it, yeah. Um, only six Melbourne players that- uh, uh, I've discovered uh, 2G4P. Right. So, I don't know if that- That's true, that. So, six players- Yeah. I can't actually remember who they are. Were but too good to mention on the podcast. Oh, sorry. Too good for the podcast. Yeah, right. yeah. But um, I thought that was a bit low. And it kind of, kind of just so, it's kind of speaks six where- Six out of 150. Yeah, yeah. So, it speaks mm. where Melbourne are. So, there's a lot of players we could actually talk about. So, apologies if we miss some. We kind of just go through and pick the ones we want to talk about. And there might be some we miss, but there's a lot of Melbourne players to talk about because they're very, very podcast relevant. Yes. So, um, yeah. I'm going to talk about a guy who, um, yeah, has done two ACLs in the past two seasons and hasn't played a game yet. So this sounds is, like a real winner. Hef. This is our. <laughs> Tell wheel, me more. This, Where do I sign up? This is our wheel bag. <laughs> this is very much Keefley. Jeez Louise. And I'm talking about Aaron Nitschke. Ah. So this kid has had absolutely no luck. None. Uh, consecutive knee injuries, back to back seasons. He's a running defender. Um, Average 124 in the sample under 18s comp in 2018. So that's more than say someone like Will day mm-hmm. uh, did um, he was actually delisted this year but thrown a rookie contract as a lifeline Which that's good. how much they kind of rate him hasn't played a game done two knees and they still want him on the side so um they, the D's commented that he actually was part of their future. Um, he's just been unlucky. So, that's kind of reaffirming everything we're kind of and thinking And the rookie well. list this year means less than ever It doesn't mean before, anything, really. Yeah. Um, so, we haven't heard anything about him. So, we just assume he's training. Maybe some Melbourne fans in the chat could, uh, and all those Melbourne fans that are out there. Um, yeah, they could let the us know if, if they know, if they rock up and watch training. Um, but yeah, he's a long-term prospect and he'll take a while as a result of the injury. Mm-hmm. But if he can fit, get fit and get on the park, he's really a player that is suited to fantasy. Oh, yeah. That's a big if though at yep. the moment I don't know you, you're a big fan of him he was a I Central was. Districts boy here in the yeah. South Australia uh, yeah. look yes Kay's played for Centrals once upon a time just so our listeners know at underage <laughs> level robbed of a senior bird. no um, yeah look uh, with Nitschke um, it's just such a shame because he was one of the guys two years ago before he did that first one when he first got to Melbourne who just like this a guy is going to fly under the radar we had him because, in our top 20 because yeah. he's only had the under 18 stats didn't have any of the fanfare that you know some of the big boys had like Walsh etc it's just been yeah sad to see what happened to him with the knees this year it's just really hard as well to, to take him again because he's gone two years two knees as we've talked about already on this pod like you need this year to build up so uh I hope that this VFL comp gets up and running so he can actually get some competitive football in him, you know, and and kind of get ready for next year. So, as a person to draft this year, like, you got to take him very late or, if we, you know, you play rookies like us. He's a rookie prospect. But, you know, you can't draft him with too much confidence, can you? No, I don't think so. Hey, speaking of the VFL competition, what's your take on um, being there being four non-Victorian clubs in the league and still being called the Victorian the Football League? The vast football league. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. No. I like uh, GWS to swap at the VFL. Yeah. It's quite funny. Know. Surely you just come up with like AFL reserves comp or something Yeah, like and that. then move every club into it eventually. It's yeah. probably the best way to go. It'd be cool if like you're playing for like Coburg. You're like, yeah, playing the AFL reserves. Or even just like every, just make every AFL club have a reserve side and just play against simple. each other. And don't then, speak sense. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's time. They've got the reason. 
resources. They got the money to do it these days, or maybe yeah. they don't after last year. But beforehand, they would have. Anyway, on to a kid who has two functioning knees and will be a very good player. It's Trent Rivers, um, the Demon Defender, gave us a very, very solid debut season last year and showed fantasy coaches that he has stacks of ability. Played nine games uh, for an average of sixty-five point two and uh, finished the season with five games at fifty-nine point six, which is a seventy-four point uh, five BCV. So he's actually tracking ahead of the breakout track ahead. He's on 65 points and the defenders, his uh, age of 55 point averages. So, he's 10 points up there. But what I liked about uh, Rivers' circumstances is the Dees threw him in early, uh, gave him some games early. Then he kind of had a few weeks out, you know, just um, had a bit of a rest, I suppose, you know, got used to hub life. Then came back into the the side for the final five games um, and really played good footy again. So, I think just shows that he's well and truly in their plans. You know, they could have easily just gone, all right, Trent, you've played a few games, have the rest of the year off, get yeah. your body up to a particular level and we'll see you next year. But no, they wanted to get him back in there because he's, he's one for the future. So, he only had one game um, with 10 touches or less and he has a very, very good kick to handball ratio, which for a kid first year um, – First year player, very, very good signs. His junior numbers are also very solid, uh, has plenty of poise uh, and he's a kid you can just pencil into your defence for, for plenty of years to come. I can't see him getting into that midfield anytime soon. Looks a natural halfback flanker um, and a very, very good player. So, if you can get your hands on young Trent, I'd be doing that ASAP. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't play more footy last year with the way kind of Melbourne travelled throughout the year. But uh, they got a few games into him, which is going to hold him in good stead for the future. Really looks f- like a flashy type. Yeah. I reckon he could do some magical things in the field. But I think he does have the fantasy now as well. Another one that was in our top uh, 20 mm-hmm. uh, fantasy draftees last year too. So we've rated him from the get-go. Hopefully we can see him get a few more opportunities this season and uh, yeah, start putting some fantasy scoring together. Now, you're actually going to talk about one of my favourites, Hef. Do you want to take um, over? You can no, no, no. You've, you've done the research, <laughs> but I'm just glad that you, you put your hand up to talk about him because I thought that he would be left to me for sure. Sorry, mate. Uh, yeah, I didn't realise. No, I love him. So, I'm okay. happy that you want to you you preach about Yeah, I do. Right, yeah, we're, going to talk about, we're going to talk about Stephen May. So, there's just a no frills defender option oh, right here. Absolutely no Stevie frills. Stevie, each year, come so to me. he's on our podcast every year. He's never 2G4P, but he's always pretty reliable. Case. So reliable. So, let's have a look at some numbers. So, uh, 2016 to 2020, he had averages of uh, 69, 77, 75, 51, which was a low one, mm-hmm. but then 61. He was injured a lot that year. Yeah, yeah. which was a 60, 76.3 BCV. So, the 2019 uh, season average was, yeah, injury. There was a few off-season issues as well. So, we can kind of ride that one off. He was sanctioned by the club for doing a Dan Andrews and getting on the beers as well, I think, at some stage. On the beers. So, yeah, having a, bad, uh, having a bad trot in 2019, but he bounced back last year. He kind of proved to be that sort of leader that Melbourne kind of needed of mm-hmm. him as well, I think, mm-hmm. last year as well. So, um, that... I think when he's playing roles like that and standing up, he's always going to be a, good, a better fantasy score on the back of that. Um, so, yeah, got back to that 76.3 BCV average last year. Had four scores above 80, and that's ACV, so after coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So, he had four 80-plus scores. So, those scores are all 100-plus BCVs. Yeah, yeah. So, that's big for a key defender. Mm-hmm. Um, takes kickouts, and yep. the kickouts, uh, the, the players taking them have more room this year. So, they've got an extra five it's metres, a very, I think it very is. very good leg and yeah. a big leg too. So, I reckon that, you know, we saw a bit of a bump over the last couple of years about those defenders getting the kickouts like blokes like Jake Lloyd. I reckon they've got another gear this year mm-hmm. on the back of that extra five metres because they'll basically be able to run, you know, halfway to the 50 yep. and kick it then. So, it's going to be pretty sweet. Um, but, yeah, you expect um, every kickout to just be a plus three. So, 
And he takes a lot of them, so that's a, that's a handy little bump there. Um, pick him as your last defender or your luxury bench option, and no. you are absolutely laughing. He's laughing. better than that, man. Number one, do you reckon? He, no, First defender option. <laughs> no, he's a genuine uh, D3, D4. He is a very, very good player, so consistent. Yeah. Um, and with the kick-out duties under his wing, he should be, um, yeah, he should be one to have. This is a fault of mine on the pod because we only play four defenders because we play utilities, mm-hmm. and I always think like your last defender is like our league. But yeah, yeah but you see, so you're right. So it's like, yeah, D4. Look, yeah. 75 in your back line each week and he rarely has a bad game. It's just a lock and load for me. I'm a big Stephen May man. Yep, I like it. I want to hear your thoughts on the next guy and that's Bailey Fritch. Yes, Bailey Fritch and Sauce. Uh, we have had a lot of questions about his uh, fantasy relevance this year and it's a, it's a very good question. So he's averaged 74, 74 and 72 BCV in his last three seasons so far, which obviously proves he's ultra consistent. But the question is, Hef, is there another step that he can take? I think a lot of this actually hinges uh, on how well their forward forward line operates around him. So, you've got Tommy McDonald hopefully up and firing. You've got hopefully Sam Wiedemann up there firing. You've got Ben Brown up there potentially. Um, Even when Proust was there last year, they just weren't strong enough with that that kind of three. And I think that now that Ben Brown steps in there, um, it helps because it doesn't mean that Fritch has to play so deep and rely on him for a lot of their goals. So um, I think with someone like Christian Petrarca heading more into the middle, um, it could just move that mean that Fritch moves up to that you know lead up half forward kind of role that Petrarca been playing reasonably well for for a couple of years um, because he could be the connector. He's got that size, he's got these skills, etc. So. I think there's a bump there if he can get that role because I think if they need him playing deep and if Ben Brown doesn't – Ben Brown's playing, Ben Brown plays deep, they don't need Fritch to play as deep. If he's not there, then he might have to play that natural role again. But he's obviously easily going to notch up a uh, a 75 average again because that's statistically all he does. But I think if the the cards fall his right way, he could definitely push uh, 80 plus, no worries. He's above the um, top 10 forward line in the breakout tracker too. So, he's actually going pretty well. He he was a... um a mature age recruit, so he's 24, I think, off the top of my head. But uh, look, he had not, he had 590 BCV games last season. Uh, did throw in a few sub 50s, which is not great. But I think if he can get up to the ground, get up to that half forward flank, I think there's natural improvement there, and he could be a, a very, very handy 85 um, average. I don't know, 85, 85 is a bit high for me, but I do think you'll see a bump just not having to play any of those taller roles, or you'd hope anyway. Now that Ben Brown's potentially injured. No, he's might not. Go back. <laughs> might go back Fake to news, it. whoever sent that in. Uh, ben, ben Warmer, I reckon it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, Taylor's called him the new good personality, Tom Lynch. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's a few of our listeners have actually touted him as that Tom Lynch kind of connector role, which I could potentially see him playing. Yeah. That Petrarca role that you talk about, that is, that was like an 80 ceiling kind of type role. Yeah, that's true. So, I We've don't know. only seen Petrarca play good football now that he went into the midfield. Oh, at least you're admitting that he's playing good football. So that's He was nice always playing good football. He just never scored. Ah, uh, is that yeah. a problem? Yeah, uh, yeah. he was a backpedaling now. Perennial now he's a scorer. All right. Like Darcy Parrish and these right. kind of fluff We types. held off so long to declare him 2G4P because of you, but uh, I wanted we to do it. Yeah, we, we got there. We got there eventually. Anyway, uh, James Harms is the next player I'm going to talk about. So, he had a really disappointing season. Um, after averaging 83 in 2018 and 94 in 2019, Simon Goodwin decided to experiment with him as a defender. Mm-hmm. I think this is on the back of, yeah, Petrarca kind of coming into being a full-time midfielder. Someone had to kind of leave and it just failed miserably, that experiment. Yeah. So, um, needed to play elsewhere. You know, he was tried at forward, settled in defense um, and just couldn't get into the game wherever he was. He just needs to be back in the midfield and I think they kind of need him because he's just like an extra big body when you need one. Um, there were games last year in Melbourne's midfield where they were just absolutely monstered by the opposition midfielders. and Just, just crazy when you got 
Oliver Viney, yeah. etc. Exactly. But then they still couldn't they still couldn't find like a chance to move him in there. So that was annoying. But um, yeah, the only positive uh, this year is he of last year is that he gains defender status this year. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be probably per- worth picking up, especially if the talk of him uh, moving back into the midfield is true. Yep. So if he does go back in there, I reckon he should be at least the 80 mark as a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he doesn't get it, then he firmly belongs on the scrap heap. What do you reckon? Yeah, his numbers are pretty poor last year. Like I was looking at, I've been looking around him. I hope he had forward status again, but he doesn't. He's got the back status, which I don't need. So like to take a risk on a guy hitting the numbers like he did last year is not a risk I want to take. But if the, the midfield rumors are true, then I think he's someone you could definitely have a crack at because there's plenty of upside and he'll be very much undervalued if that role does come back to him. For sure. All right, let's move on to now one of your boys. Oh, I'm going to hit the button. Hand I'm going to hit the boy, button. Here it big is. Luke Sleepy Jackson. So he is my boy and I just love the way he goes about it. He's so big, so tall, but man, he can get some good ground ball. He's quick. He uses the ball well. Oh, I'm a big, big fan. So Hef's going to roll his eyes. I'm a big fan of his haircut. That's a pretty sweet haircut. <laughs> but I genuinely think he'd become one of the best fantasy players in the game. So, Max Gorn was quoted in the paper the other day saying that not only is Luke – he thought Luke Jackson was better than, him in la- better than him last year. He's come back this preseason and he knows he's better than him now. That's how highly <laughs> Max Gorn thinks of Luke Jackson. <laughs> Max Gorn thinks Luke Jackson is better than him. Yes. He's taking he the piss. He said that. He's taking he the said piss. That. He's, he's that taking good. the piss. Anyway. Yes, he only averaged 38, which is a BCV 47 in his first oh, year. Look, look, if he's anything like Harry Schoenberg, then he's a fucking superstar. They're both superstar. my boys and they're both going to be very, very good and you're going to eat your words one day, <laughs> Hollywood. Um, but he did show some exciting signs. Um, he could play anywhere. That's the thing I like about him and that's why I'm happy to have him kind of floating around a half-forward flank or wing on that Melbourne best 22. Forward, ruck, midfield, I think he can do it all. Uh, had a 59, which is a 74 BCV point. PB game against Hawthorne in round seven. And while we didn't see him in the ruck too much last year, they did hold him back from that role. Uh, he did end up having a career best 14 hitouts against the Crows, which is not too bad against Riley O'Brien, who's a pretty, pretty solid ruckman. I love the fact that ultimate footy have given him the uh, ruck status back. So, yeah, he comes into this year as a, as a ruck forward DPP. So, that's a, a massive win. Look, Maxi Gorn's 29. So, well, the way I see it, there's a, like a natural, beautiful curve happening where Gorn's going to slowly deteriorate and Jackson's going to slowly rise and Melbourne will have like a fantastic number one ruck for years to come. Just as Gorn's slowing down, it will be Jackson time. So, um, yes, he might have a couple of lean years as an owner, but I really implore you to hold him. I think he's going to be very, very good. Um, the ruck forward status helps because he can just kind of have his on your bench as cover as either a ruck or forward spot if you need it. If you don't have him, I think he's a, a mid-range target in your draft, but He's one of those guys that you can throw him back in the pool, yes, but it could really come to back and bite you in, you know, a year or two's time. So you're keeping Luke Jackson? Yes. And you're keeping Harry Schoenberg? Yes. So you're effectively going into our season two players down? No, I'm going in there with two of the <laughs> brightest fantasy talents for Mate, years to come. You might get 60 out of between them, no, I guess, BCV. It's called a keeper league, Kev. It's not called the 2021 <laughs> have you been league. banging on of this, uh, this preseason that you're looking for? The rest of my you keepers think, are that good that I can hold this. I don't know. No, I've got a strategy okay, and it's working. Fine, fine, yeah. I've got two guys that I I love a lot and I'm happy to hold and therefore I can just go real old in this draft coming up and right. I can just top up. Speaking of keeper leagues, we're going to move on to another side in a second that probably hasn't been uh, that relevant in the cl- relevant in the classic circles, but there's a lot of keeper league gold in their side coming up. So let's move on to talking about North Melbourne. So join in the 
All right, on to the kangaroo. So before we get into your best 22Ks, I reckon we'll jump straight into the Trent DeMont interview. I think that's probably the best way to go. Now, during the week, uh, we put out uh, some cryptic clues the last two weeks. And I just want to explain them just in case anyone uh, didn't kind of get them because, I don't know, I just like these kind of cryptic clues, mind games, that sort of stuff. So read them them out, Kays, and I'll I'll explain. Mountain. All right, mountain. So DeMont Mm -hmm. is French for mountain. Correct. So DeMont, the mountain. Parade, uh, okay, so he played juniors for Norwood mm-hmm. and they play, the home ground is nicknamed the Parade. So. European? Uh, nicknamed Froggy, named after French people because they eat frog legs. So Which kind Europe. of rolls into Amphibian. Europe. Frogs, Froggy. And I think Amphibian was the dead giveaway for the uh, listeners, but we wanted to make the last few real obvious as it got close. We had one more in there that was marsupial, so it gave away that he played for the kangaroos, but um, we didn't get that far before anyone guessed it. It's just like a it. Saturday crossword, all these clues. Yeah, I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll get stuck into the interview and we'll talk to you afterwards. Uh, we're joined by North Melbourne gun midfielder Trent Dumont, who uh, came off a career best fantasy season and uh, is one of our league favourites in our home league, Hef. So uh, awesome to have you on, Trent. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Um, career career best is interesting for the fantasy. I didn't. I definitely didn't think that that would have been last year. I didn't walk out of the season too happy with my own performances, let alone the teams as well. So that's interesting. It's funny how fantasy sort of plays out. Yeah, it's adjusted for the, um, the shortened game times as well, but in the ah, in the classic yeah, format, you have been bumped up a bit. So, um, yeah, technically yeah. it turns out to be your uh, career best. But anyway, we'll get stuck Good into the questions. You. Yeah, so uh, first great. question Very for easy. you, mate. Um, your nickname is Froggy. So uh, how'd that come about and uh, is there a good story behind that? It's, it's a pretty average story to uh, let you down like that. <laughs> but uh, my last name's French, so Dumont, Dumont. Um, I don't really have too much connection there. I should probably delve into that at some stage in my life. But, um, yeah, so the French eat frog's legs and uh, Nick Del Sano, Jamie McMillan and uh, Sean Atley sat down for about 30 minutes on the first <laughs> night that I arrived in Utah on our altitude camp. Um, they had already been there for a month and I was roomed with all those boys. And, um, yeah, that's what the genius has come <laughs> Brains Trust come up. It was, it was either that or Boris, which was the number one uh, male name uh, choice at that stage. <laughs> right. Well, so oh, you take Froggy, I think. <laughs> I was keen on Boris, but they um, they went with Froggy. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Either, either or, good uh, good names to uh, have yeah. run around calling out in the park. All right, so yeah. um, let's. Uh, we, we talked about it just before. So you had your uh, your best um, fantasy season, averaging ninety seven after the coronavirus um, adjustment there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was probably your best, um, you know, season footy-wise as well. Do you put that down to anything or um, time in the system role in the midfield? You actually said that it probably wasn't your best um, footy, yeah. uh, footy year. But what do you think the fantasy scoring attributed to? Uh, I feel I feel like over time you sort of figure out what your game looks like and then the game starts to feel and you, you know, obviously get more comfortable out there with that. You understand um, structures better and you can just go out there and play. Mm-hmm. Um so I think knowing that uh, has obviously helped, uh, but also um, a few years ago sort of beat, um, the work that I was required to do and um, I was willing to put it in. Um, I saw the rewards in 2018 and then from there sort of flowed on. So I feel like I'm just continually going to keep improving with that mindset. So um, that's what I probably put it down to. Um but yeah, I didn't feel like the season was that good. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's a tough season how you how the team went. So I suppose uh, it also feels a bit bit shit that yeah, way too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hard to differentiate the uh, 
individual and team sometimes, I guess. Yeah, it is. Um, so speaking of some of the the new blood at the club and hopefully the resurgence for the uh, the Roo. So you've got uh, Stevenson, Core, was uh, it Boston Navalugi? I think it is, and uh, Young. Yeah. Some of the uh, the more mature faces at the club. Who's impressed you the most out of those those four? Or is there a couple that have really you know stood out? Um, oh, they're all impressive in there. All right, I think. I think we we've got some we've picked up some speed there with especially with Youngie, um, Steve-O and Atu. Um, yep. I steer clear of the last name because it's pretty hard. To <laughs> I was going to quiz you on how you say that, but uh, that might be a bit mean. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. I won't attempt it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Corey's just a ripping fella, our defender down back, so he'll play a super role for us. But we've definitely come with an idea of getting more speed into the team. Yep. Um, I think. Yeah, I obviously think they're all good. Steve-O and Youngy from the um, stuff that I've seen have been awesome. Steve-O is so dynamic up forward and hard to defend. He can turn on a dime and um, he doesn't need much space to, you know, get get himself in goal-kicking range and he's a bit of a dead eye in front as well. And then, yeah, Youngy's got some pace, break, line-breaking ability off half-back, so it's good. So just on Steve-O there, um, do you see him playing up forward in the midfield this year? I see him moving up into the midfield a bit more. I reckon we're going to be pretty flexible with some of their work um, in the midfield. We're going to have a few more numbers running through there, be a bit more unpredictable. Um, and we've obviously, I think we've got the capability as well with the players we've picked up. We've got players that can play everywhere. So um, it's real emphasis on our team, not everyone knowing every structure and every role, and then um, that will allow us to play that way. So... Steve-O will be definitely one that gets up into the midfield, gives us a bit of zip around the ball. Fantasy coaches will be very happy with that one, especially listed as a forward if you get that run of the midfield. Could be our point yeah, city yeah. there. Um, another one we touched on was uh, Aiden Core, another one of your um, new recruits. So at GWS, we noticed that he took a lot of kick-ins and this attributed to fantasy scorings. Just a bit of a general kitchen, uh, sorry, question about um, kick-ins. So are things like kick-ins actually part of like the way you organise yourselves, like coming out of defence? Like, is there actually a designated kicker or is it just like spare of the moment, whoever's closest type thing? And if there is a designated kicker, who is it? Um, I think over time, the, the kicker that, um, you know, they usually trial it pretty early on. And mm-hmm. last year, ours certainly became Lukey McDonald. Yep. Um, and he would have scored pretty well, I'm assuming, in fantasy. Very he well. Had a great year. He had a great year. And um, he, was taking, he was taking most of our kick outs. So I guess if you, I'm not sure, fantasy takes into regard um, meters gained and stuff like that, but he's definitely getting a lot of kicks because he's playing on and a lot of the games about territory getting it out of that back half. So, um, yeah, he he's really valuable for us in that regard. Corey, he probably – they'll be, they'll be trying to fight for the ball, I think, him <laughs> yeah. and him. Uh, so, I guess if, if all those fantasy goers out there, just, uh, I guess, have a look early in the season and see who uh, – who takes him, but I'll, I'll put more money on Elmac at the moment. So All right. That's uh, a scoop. A little tip for everyone. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> so for that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to some of your uh, draftees. So Will Phillips and Tom Powell are the two uh, rookies, I guess, all the AFL fantasy coaches are talking about and have their eyes on this season. How are they looking? Are they likely to debut early in the season? What's your take on that? Um, I still feel like they've you know, got a bit to learn. They're all pretty raw. Um, they're super, super talented. Super, like their their attitudes are unreal. All the boys have been blown away by it. Um, yeah, Will Will's attention to detail is second to none. Um, 
And I think, yeah, Tommy, Tommy's got, he's got that real class about him. Um, he's, a, he's a super mover, um, uses the ball really, really well. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure when, but uh, knowing how young and raw our list is, uh, I think they'll get their opportunity. And I think when they do, they'll be ready. Nice. Uh, now, a guy I really love watching, obviously, aside, aside from you, uh, Trent, is uh, Big Cam Zerha. I just love watching him going about his business. He's like looks like an absolute bull out there. Um, he's obviously a very, very good forward, but could we see him run through the guts this year? Yeah, he'll definitely pinch hit up in the guts. Um, he started to do it a bit more last year, um, but I think um, at times, you know, ability to flexible. Mm-hmm. Trail away a bit, um, but I think yeah, we'll, he'll be up amongst it, um, pinch hitting, especially with the um, the rotations being dropped down. Yep. You find there might be a few more mids resting forward and stuff like that too. So um, we not might need to chop out every um, yeah for five minutes or so. And uh, yeah, Cam will definitely be one of those guys that gives that. Um, as Steve-O, we mentioned before, he'll probably do the same. Very nice. Good Another to hear. Um, last year, we saw Jen Anderson step up in North Melbourne's midfield, um, and he boosted his fantasy scoring immensely as well. What do you put this down to? Do you reckon him just getting his body right was the main contributor, or was there a different role, like you know Ben Cunnington being out for most of the season? Do you think this impacted uh, Jed Anderson's game? What's the, uh, what's the go there? Um, I feel like Jed definitely took his game to a new level. Um, sometimes opportunity... To do that allows that, I guess. So, um, Cunner's definitely going out. Would it, you know, someone has to step up and take that role. And Jed did that really well. And hopefully, he now stays there. And then Cunner's comes back in and just gets back to where he was. Um, and then we've, you know, we've really bolstered our midfield there. Yeah. So you see them um, like complementing each other this year. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. I definitely hope that's the way it goes. And I think. I think they are. They're perfect for each other because Jed's so sharp on his feet and um, Cunners is, you know, a bit stronger over the ball, mm-hmm. hard to tackle. Like, you know, everyone knows what Cunners is like. He's, um, yeah. His ball use and <laughs> working tight's great and Jed can work off that, same as Jai and whoever else rolls through there. Is he as manly in real life as he does look on the footy field? No, nah, he's a big teddy bear. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big teddy bear. He... Uh, He's got some unreal photos of him just not breaking a smile, uh, but he's yeah, he's got a heart of gold, Cunners, and um, yeah, he's a very very lovely man. Nah, good, quite a he loves he loves his farm, country, warnable boy. Yeah. Um, loves getting away out of Melbourne and just loves his family, and yeah, he's uh, very very kind. Nice. Hey, uh, another another one about some roles this year. Jack Zebel. Um, you know, I suppose he's getting on to the twilight of his career. Um, is he going to kind of play forward mainly this year or uh, run through that midfield as well? Kind of, you know, will he complement yeah. Cam Zerha in that role? And in, in terms, you know, might be those two kind of switching with each other, similar similar builds and uh, ability up forward. Yeah, I think um, Jack's like a real good forward. Like in 2018, he played forward. Kick four, I reckon he might have kicked 38, 40 goals or something like that. So he he can kick goals. So he's an asset up there. And then he's obviously got some um, good brownie points in the midfield as well. He can get that done. So he's another one that will roll through there. Um, most of his work's been up forward. But yeah, him, Kama, Steve the, the list goes on in regards yeah. to people that can roll through there for sure. So, Even I- like um, Phoenix Spicer, like he's been ripping the track up as well. He's. 
he's awesome. He's so quick and nimble and um, backs himself in. And he could definitely roll into the midfield as well. Like you can't touch him when he's got the ball. He's just so quick. But he'll he'll definitely play most out forward when he comes in. But um, that's it. Yeah, that's the sort of like lineup we're going to go with. We're going to have speed everywhere, and um, yeah, we'll be able to roll that through the midfield. Awesome. And and last footy question before we get into some other ones. Uh, what's your role going to be looking like this year? You know, um, through that midfield with those other boys on the wing. What's uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'll the, probably I'll probably field? play wing wing mm-hmm. and then roll inside as well. Yep. Um, the way we're sort of setting up is going to yeah, it's going to allow that. So. Um, I sort of – I was a bit of an inside midfielder when mm-hmm. I came into the comp and then an opportunity arose for me to play on the wing and I felt like that was the only chance I was going to get to play that year. So I took it and then um, I feel like I've become very good at it. So yep. now that's sort of my role within the team and um, the beauty of that is I can play inside as well. So, yeah, um, I yeah, can do that and um, I don't know, maybe even half back at times as well. So Awesome. Yeah, I'll – We'll just play anywhere I need to play. Yeah. Good team, man. Hey, uh, now we are mates with one of your old high school teachers and uh, so he gave us a bit of intel on you. So uh, he told us that swimming might not have been your strong suit back in the day. You might have needed floaties back in the pool at uh, high school. Has this improved since you've joined the AFL or uh, you still sit like a rock? That is the biggest stitch up from Hutch I've ever heard. I went, (laughs) I net to be honest, I didn't rock up to um, like the first three swimming carnivals or four <laughs> right. swimming cars, but I went I went year 12 and I got myself into some sort of state thing and I actually did all right. I was oh. swimming against these guys that swim every week and I'm, I think I won the, the B grade state swim. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not bad at swimming. I don't know where he's come up with that. He's just absolutely <laughs> garbage from Hutch. Well, just another one on, your, uh, on Hutchie there. Um, what was it like to be taller than him in year seven? Just messing with you. Just messing. Just messing with you. Sometimes hutch. the middle school kids would just get yeah, they just get you get lost in there. You'd sort, sort of be where's Hutch? Where's Hutch? And you're just off with the year sevens. And oh, there he is. He's, he's popped uh, back out. He'll be listening yeah, to this. So, and uh, Hutchie, mate, it's not the uh, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, mate. It's the uh, size of the fight in the dog. I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a great man. He's a great man. I um, I can't wait to catch up with him again. It's been far too long, far too long. And uh, last one, I hope this mail's good. So um, what are your interests outside of footy? What kind of keeps you sane? I hear at one point you might have been a, uh, a racehorse owner, maybe not a very successful one, but still into the uh, <laughs> into the horses? Nah, no, I'm not. Uh, I, well, that horse, yeah, did its, did its um, dispensary tendon. And yeah, I feel my mates from back home wanted to go into it, and yeah, well, it didn't go very well. It ran one race, and that was done. So that's <laughs> that's my uh, horse owning career out. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was adventurous. Um, other otherwise, outside of footy, I'm pretty pretty heavy into sort of my mental health work. Um, try and yeah, I love my like, meditation, and I sort of mm-hmm. try and get into you know, different uh, fields of meditation, like different types and stuff like that. Um, cool. you know, we got, yeah, try and do as much, you know, volunteer work as well. And then I've got a bit of study on the side too. So um, doing business and applied management. Um, and then hopefully after that, I'll do some further study and uh, probably look into, you know, so- psychology or something like that. 
um, cool. and coaching. I've got got some coaching on the side that I'm doing as well. So trying to, yeah, I love my footy, uh, but I'm just trying to also set myself up for life after footy. So very yeah. smart. Always good to have the uh, the fingers as many pies as possible. Keep the options open. Anyway, mate, yeah. uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. It's been a pleasure to have you. Um, been some ripping stories there as well, which has been good. So thanks for that. And no, uh, thank, yeah, thank you very much. No, Cheers problems. for the chat. It was, uh, it was great. No worries, mate. Thank you. Cheers, Trent. All right. Thanks to Trent for joining us for that interview. Uh, pretty insightful there. Like we said at the top that uh, North Melbourne might not be the most, most fantasy relevant side at the top end, but at the bottom end, there's definitely going to be a few players that are worth looking at. Yeah, and genuinely uh, one of the nicest blokes to chat to too. Was, Absolutely. Um, we talked to him for another probably half an hour after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just about other bits and pieces. We and, literally um, couldn't get him off the phone. Yeah. So we had to record. The ma- <laughs> That's why we were late to one of the streams actually because uh, we were still chatting to him afterwards. Uh, yeah, <laughs> genuinely uh, really, really nice bloke. So thanks for uh, coming on, Trent. Much appreciated and definitely gave uh, us and a, a few listeners uh, a real good scoop into what North's fantasy makeup might be like this year. And gave our uh, mate Hutchie a bit of a uh, which a is slaying the most off important as well. Thing, so. yeah, most <laughs> important good thing. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get stuck into your best 22 for North Melbourne case. Yes, rightio. So from the back line, Aiden Core, Ben McKay, and Sean Attlee. Then the half back line of Lockie Young, Robbie Tarrant, and Luke McDonald. Trent Dumont on the wing with Ben Cunnington, the big teddy bear, and Jared Polek on the wing. Uh, Jaden Stevenson, half forward with Nick Larkey and Jack Zebel. Then we've got Kane Turner, Cam Zerha, and Luke Davies, Uniac, with Big Goldie in the ruck, uh, Jai Simpkin and Jed Anderson in the middle. Then we've got Taron Thomas, Bailey Scott, Will Phillips, and Josh Walker on the pine with the emergencies of Atu, Tom Powell, Phoenix Spicer, and Curtis Taylor. Didn't want to have a crack at the last name? No, I Butchered it last time after hearing that on repeat. Better than I'd ever do. I was, I was happy with it, to be honest. Bossa uh, Navalugi. That's fine. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. You can say it real uh, quick. All right. Uh, Bossa Navalugi. All right. Yeah. Uh, Tom Powell, on the back of that interview, doesn't mm-hmm. debut for you. I'm still, seeing, seeing, I'm still seeing fantasy coaches, like classic coaches out there saying, well, you've got to have him in your starting side. Yeah. Well, it just, stuff. you know, like it's a bit of a word of warning. And I think probably if you're going to debut one of them, I think that Phillips is probably the guy that will get yeah, the nod. The thing with Tom Powell is, I was thinking about it more today, he hardly... He didn't play any senior footy at all. Like, it's just underage stuff. And yes, the numbers are really, really good. Don't get me wrong there. But I find it strange that, like, North Melbourne would just throw him into the Wolves straight away without playing any senior footy. And he he had the chance to at Sturt. So, it's not like, um, you know, he couldn't have. As opposed to Powell, though, who played no footy last year, though. Phillips, yeah. Oh, sorry, Phillips. Yeah, I think it's... um, you know, he's rated very, very highly. So, I think they're going to – North will give someone a go. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a coin toss between both of them. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's fair. I wouldn't – like, I would not be surprised if neither of them debuted just because of not, you know, just not having a proper season last year and that sort of stuff like, as well. Yes, so. North Melbourne's side isn't super strong, but they've got lots of young guys in there that they could all give a game to over those two as well. Well, it's not just that. Um, I think this was – I can't remember if this was in the actual interview or the, when we were chatting to him afterwards, but with um, a new coach coming in, they don't want to just bottom out. Like, they actually mm-hmm. want to be – competitive and they think um they think with uh, it's noble their coach isn't it yep. yeah yeah so they think um they're thinking that like now that they've got a proper system in place they could actually do something like uh brisbane did a few years ago or that uh, st kilda did last year or you know mm-hmm. something like port Adelaide did when ken hinckley came in mm-hmm. they actually have that belief i think at the moment as well and so they're not just going to play kids just for the sake of playing the kids mm-hmm. i think they actually want to be competitive at least in the first half when yep. they can actually have a bit have of a, a crack earlier crack. on um the big omission for mine is uh, Curtis Taylor. Mm-hmm. So, you don't have him in there. I thought he was quite good until he got injured last year. I thought 
thought he'd be, you know, another preseason under the belt. He was. Man. It's just once, you know, he kind of was through that mid-forward role. And I think, you know, like Thomas Siebel, uh, LDU, who kind of was injured early, kind of came on and finished the year really strongly. So, I think he gets to get a first crack. And someone like Kane Turner um, didn't miss a game last year. So, uh, he's definitely around the mark. Um, yeah. But, yeah, where he sits, we'll, we'll find out. That so. last spot is probably mm. up to those two. Yeah. Um, Phoenix Spicer, well, we heard Trent bring him up in that mm. interview. And he's a name that's uh, been in the media in the last few weeks as well as just tearing up the track. Yes. No one ever does that in preseason. Not, uh, a, not in February, Hef. Didn't get your, uh, didn't get in your best 22? Uh, haven't seen him, so we can't put him in just yet. Yeah, fair enough. I agree with that. But, God, it's going to be exciting to see which draftees actually debut round one, mm-hmm. especially for the classic players out there, so we can make a bit of cash off those. Anyway, I'll stop talking about classic because Case hates it. I do. And let's talk about some North players that are relevant to keeper leagues. And the first one I'm going to talk about is Luke Davies-Uniac, LDU. So, he finally got his shit together last year and started playing some decent footy after years of just us talking about him. Um Missed the start of the year with injury. Came to the uh, round, sorry, came to the squad round nine. Uh, made a quiet start against the Blues, but then went bang in his second game against the Crows. He had seventy-eight points in that game, which is a ninety-seven point five BCV. Um, he really held his own against some good midfielders as well throughout the year. So against Brisbane, there was a it was a standout game for him. Not in terms of fantasy scoring, but just showed that he could really match it with like a really gun midfield like that. He averaged fifty-six point four for the season, which is a seventy point five BCV. Not great, but coming off injury, he was bound to be up and down. I think and. Uh, I know he didn't start super slow, but, um, you know, I think it just takes its toll after not playing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good clearance player. He he scored the hit. Well, sorry, he gets inside 50s for the team as well. Makes him a bit of an asset for North. With the lack of class that North have, and I mean that in the most polite way possible, um, he's going to be one of the better North players going forward, I feel, especially with a few of the midfielders getting uh, on a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the only issue is his overall fitness. Can he maintain that without getting injured? I reckon that's going to put a lot of fancy coaches off. Um, so you really have to think about whether you take the punt because there's going to be a lot of hype about him going into drafts. He's probably going to be in a lot of draft pools. Pools. If he can remain fit, he'll match the output of the other North Melbourne midfielders, though, I think, as well. So he'll be up at that kind of level that the others are. And I reckon they're super serviceable, those types, for keeper leagues. Players like your Jed Andersons, your Cunnings mm. and stuff like that. Not your sexy names, but they're serviceable. I wasn't a believer until I kind of saw a few of his games last year. And, you know, like he actually played some really, really good footy. Um, what do you have? He had a couple 77s, etc. So he had some good scores in there. Had a, a couple of quiet games too, but it was really his first crack at AFL footy for, you know, an extended period. So um, I'm kind of keen on him coming into this season. I, I'm still not sure where you'd draft him. Um, probably mid. At this stage, but you know, if he's got the uh, the forward status, he could be very, very handy. Almost a bit of a, a does free he have forward status? Does he? I believe so. I think oh, I'm not sure. I thought he lost it, but I could be wrong. Uh, if let us know. Let us know. If he does chat. have forward status, let us know. I think it'd be a bit of a free swing. But even though <laughs> yeah. I, I, he's one, I'd, I'm keen on because I think there is a genuine chance he could just kind of jump up and and really put his best foot forward this year. He's another one that's like just worth the punt. Like yep. you're going to punt on a few players, and he's yep. one of them. So, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jack Zebel. Um, we'll talk about the skipper. 2020 was a genuine nightmare for him. Uh, finished with a average of a BCV 47 from eight games, which was 42 points per game down on his 2019 average. So, he's well and truly back on the pod, Jack. Look, it was a mixture of injuries and then playing deep forward. Uh, just really killed his fantasy game last year. He only had one double-figure touch game, um, which is just completely unheard of for someone of, of Zebul's quality. He's going to be 30 later this month, but I still think there's plenty of good footy left in Jay-Z. Uh, there's been a bit of chat about him going back, which I find a bit weird considering they seem to have a pretty decent backline on paper, you know, yeah. especially with Core and, um, you know, um, what's his name, Young coming into that side who's going to play that role. So, uh, the other thing is does... 
if Jack Zebel goes back, Heft, does that kill someone like Luke McDonald? I don't think. No, I don't think it does kill Luke McDonald. I don't even think it's going to happen, to be honest. I think it kills himself. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen yeah, yeah. either, but like everyone's going, oh, he's playing back. And it's yeah, just yeah. like, is he though? Like, same with the Dyson Apple thing. Like, are they? I don't think so. I think someone like him is best suited through the midfield and up forward. Look, it's pretty easy to forget, but in 2019, he had 900s plus 390s. So, yeah. a genuine big-time player. Um, and if he can sneak back into that midfield, start kicking some goals up forward, he is one you should be looking at. And I think he's one to target in startup leagues too based on his 2020 stats. You know, there's always these guys who people just forget because they don't look that far down the the um, average yeah. order from last year. Yes, he's got a bit of a name, but people might go, oh, he's cooked or he's too old or whatever. He's not still plenty good footy left. And um, I think you should one you should be targeting, especially this year when, when Ford's a lot. It depends if you're on your strategy. If you don't care about winning further than the first year, you just want to take that first flag. He's fine to pick up there. I worry about just, you know, just getting on with age and that sort of stuff. When does he start breaking down? Does he even have like, I know they're talking about defense, but that what triggers me is like, I think he does, but does he have a defined role going forward or are they just going to start throwing around and really just running him into the ground type thing? Yeah, not sure. Yeah. I, th- I think he'll still be very handy in their midfield when they need him. Like yeah. When they need, if they've, they're talking about genuinely winning games, yeah. I think you want someone like Zebel in your guts. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. I just, But if if they're not winning games and they want to start actually trialling kids, I think he really suffers because he just sits up forward after Someone's that. Someone's got to play forward for them too, so yeah. it could be him. Or he plays in defence. Who knows? Or he, or <laughs> yeah. he, he rucks. Yeah, let's go from there. All right, uh, I had a coffee with uh, Doss uh, from the Draft Doctors, uh, ex Draft Doctors, on the pod a few times on Sunday morning. Coffee with Taron Thomas. No, I, thought, I didn't. Wow, no, but we Doss and I frothed over uh, Taron Thomas, like the froth in our lattes. Um, but yeah, we You're actually, keen on Taron. Uh, yeah, we d- we just talked about how we like the look of him. I'm not as sold on his fantasy scoring, but I think he's definitely going to be a good player. But um, agree, let's man. have a look at him from his fantasy, um, his fantasy uh, scoring. So I just. feel feel like this guy is, you know, going to go big at some stage. Well, he's going to make the leap. I don't know if it'll be like, you know, 100 plus, but I think he'll get to like a, you know, 90 average type thing um, eventually. Maybe not this year, but, you know, maybe next year. Who knows? But he was part of the super draft and he was Norse first round selection at pick seven um, in 2018. I think that super draft was at 2019. 2018, yeah. So, part of that super draft. So, 2020 was a pretty down year for him. It was his second year and he averaged 38.8, but this included an injury affected score of nine um, from 29% time on ground. So, you can write that off a little bit. Had ankle surgery early and uh, and um, prematurely ended his career, uh, his year. Um, his first season, he averaged 55 points per game um, and played majority of the year, which was really positive. I think he only missed round one and played every week on from then. Um, playing mostly as a forward early in his career, but I can definitely see him moving into the midfield at some stage. And what we kind of noticed, Doss and I, um, mainly Doss noticed this, but every kind of club shot, every promo that they use, every kind of you know advertising thing, media thing, it all seems to be Taron Thomas. So they obviously Ooh. rate him highly internally and they must have big plans for him this year, I feel. So he's almost like the face of the club. So they clearly rate him. Mm-hmm. So Taron Thomas, he's coming into his third year. Case, you'd expect to break out this year. It's guaranteed. Um, I reckon he probably needs another season to make up for the lost time in 2020. But I think it's time to start stashing now because I think if he gets another season under his belt, can get some midfield time, should be cherry ripe for 2021. So start investing now and reap the rewards later, I feel. What do you reckon? Yeah, you've talked about guys who are worth the punt. I think he's in that ballpark. Yeah. Like, am I sold on him being, you know, that 90 player? Probably not. But, like, I think he can be a genuine forward for 80 plus for for many, many years. So, um, look, I think it's almost like you've got nothing to lose by taking him. I think he's going to be pretty handy this year. Um, if 
if he's you know if he lives up to that number uh, seven draft pick, then he's going to be very very good. I'm just worried he might be a bit more of a quality over quantity player, but once again, he's a, probably a guy you can have a, a pretty safe crack at. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I agree totally. So yeah, all right, let's move on to the next one. Oh yeah, bring on the Zerha, Cameron Zerha. I've got a bit of Zerha fever. I think he mm. is just one of my favourite players to watch. One of those guys you literally just actually watch North Melbourne to play for. I think um, watch North Melbourne. Uh, that didn't make sense. The but reason why I watch North Melbourne correct play. is to see Cam Zerha yeah, yeah. go about it. Um, I think there's also something about him from a fantasy fantasy perspective. So um, he had six of his sixteen games. He went seventy five plus in last year, which is promising for a guy who played key forward for most of the the year in a in a bad bad side. So uh, he had two hundreds in the year before in twenty nine. So I think there's actually something there. If you're knocking up numbers like that in your second or third year, I think that's good going. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the Ruse forward line because there's a, a lack of height. You know, Nick Larkey's up there, uh, probably the biggest guy. And does that mean that Zerha has to play that kind of big dog role up there? Um, we did hear that Trent thought that Zerha will get a bit more midfield time. I this, thought that was a big scoop. Week. We probably didn't make enough out of that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. But then also it was backed up by um, David Noble said that um, it's likely that Zerha will, you know, spend a few minutes in the in the midfield each quarter, which I'm really, really liking because I think he's one that can go in there and do a shit ton of damage in five minutes. And keeps the forward status going forward. Correct. Um, I suppose my main worry is I don't see him necessarily becoming, uh, sorry, coming a full-time mid because he's so handy up forward and, and such needed up forward. Kind of like Dugowie where, like, I'm sure that Collingwood would like to play Dugowie as a midfielder, but he's just too valuable up forward. So, I think there's a bit of... Um, Dugowie in that Zerha in that same thing. He could also be a bit of a Jack Zebel clone where he naturally evolves, similar kind of size, yeah. could roll through that midfield and then do the damage up forward. It's a good, so, it's a good liking, I reckon, yeah. the Zerha to Zebel and is the obvious replacement. And I th- yeah, I think they're almost a, a like for like. So, yeah. I don't know if you can keep him, but I reckon he's worth an early roll of dice as a, a as an early forward target because I think there's a lot of upside and I think this year we'll see his floor raised a bit yeah. um, and he'll be a lot more consistent and uh, will be a very, very good forward option for, for years to come. I think he came on the scene a couple of years ago and we both kind of piqued their interest, but I'm going to let him have you have him as your boy, okay? Thank so, you. No worries. I think you've really, really stepped up your Zerha love I have. this season. And do you own him at the moment? No. Uh, do you reckon he'll be put back in the pool? He'll be in the pool. Yeah, all right. So, you're probably going to take him. Yeah, I'm guessing I'll take him. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Well, forwards are hard to come by, they so you have a good excuse to take him. Anyway, I'm going to talk about, uh, uh, he is in my team, but I'm not going to hit the your boy button, otherwise I'll be hitting it for everyone. Yeah. And that's, Literally uh, everyone. Yeah, that's Bailey Scott. So, I do rate this kid though. Um, he was considered a bit of a slider in the 2018 draft. He was a good underage scorer. He had the third highest average of the 2018 under 18 champs and that was behind Sam Walsh and Kieran Briggs who was a ruckman at the time but is now kind of being um, G'd up as a tall defender at the moment. So, he's not really going to be fantasy relevant. So, you could say the second most fantasy relevant player in that uh, in that draft. He averaged uh, 98.3 playing for the Allies um, in the under 18 championships. So, there's some good numbers there. Also, played some NEFL footy for the Gold Coast so he had some senior um, experience and averaged 75 there but then when he came to the AFL he turned up on debut in 2019 playing across half black then he had a lean couple of weeks uh, wound up back in the VFL before getting injured in, um, so didn't really play the rest of the season in 2020 he started forward and was quiet in terms of fantasy but towards the end of the season he started playing more midfield time mainly on the wing um, and his scoring improved too so he had six scores above 50 which is uh, 63.5 BCV uh, nothing huge but he did have a top score of 76 which was a 95 BCV um, and yeah, average of 47.5, which is a 59.3 BCV. Um, 
Five-point improvement on his first season. I think that's pretty good going. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd expect him to go that at least, maybe even 10 points next season. But yeah, I think he can be a good fantasy scorer one day because he's just got that little bit of inside game to him but then can play on the outside as well. In his junior career, like if that's anything to go by, hopefully he can replicate that. Um, Snicks forward and kicks goals too. Um, so he played every game from round six also. So he's best 22 at the moment. Coming into his third season, Kays, you reckon that's breakout time? Usually. Another one to take a punt on, I reckon. Yeah. That's uh, Bailey Scott. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I want to see a little bit more from him. Like, oh, I so think there's I. something there, but yeah, I think, yeah. you know, like there's been a bit of hype and it just hasn't been. That first been... game was just like, oh, I've got one here, nailed one yeah. here. <laughs> like, and then, like, just did nothing after that. It's almost disheartening when something yeah, yeah. like that happens and you've. Debut, yeah, uh, debut and it just goes down quickly yeah. from there. Yeah, look, I think there's a few. I think with Hawthorne and uh, North Melbourne, there's a lot of guys you can take a, a pretty calculated punt on this year in terms of they're going to have a lot of opportunity because yeah. there's not many other people that are taking their spots and someone's got to score points. Yes, they and there's going to be natural uh, development from there going forward too. Yeah. So You just uh, got to hope that the like t- teams like Hawthorne and North Melbourne aren't like the Crows last year when like, yes, so many kids were going to get um, time but they just didn't score for you. Yeah. So you just got to hope it doesn't end up that way but we'll have to wait and see on that yeah, one. Well. Need a crystal ball. Uh, where, where do they sell them? Uh, yeah, no idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll have one by now if I knew. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jaden Stevenson is the last guy for me. And if there was ever a year for Steve to deliver on such promise, it's this year. Don't forget, uh, back in 2019, he averaged 81. And uh, hopefully, the move away from Collingwood um, is the change that he needs and fantasy coaches need for him, too. Just looked a genuine shell of himself last year, but gets every opportunity to. Uh, to skyrocket up the fantasy ranks this year. Um, I think he'll get that role through the midfield. Obviously, uh, Trent was talking about that. If not the wing, I yep. think is a nice place for him for land. Um, he will obviously go through forward because he's very, very good up forward, uh, great up, great lead up forward uh, and kicks a nice goal too. So just last year was just, I just think you've got to write it off. He had uh, four out of his 12 games. He didn't get double figure touches and his best uh, game touch-wise was 15. So, I'm backing him to be that 2019 uh, player again, um, looking at that 80-ish average. And he's honestly one who could go from zero to 100 this year in terms of, um, you know, output. Uh, he's got every opportunity at North Melbourne. Um, he's obviously fit and firing. Uh, the, the kangaroos like what he does. You got to keep him if you own him, and he's definitely one you want to target as well. Yeah, I think for him, like I know he didn't want to leave Collingwood, but I think it's a bit of a blessing in disguise yep. for him. Um, I reckon he will. He's he's always looked like he's got the talent to do so. The, the guy in our league calls him Mini Fife. Yeah, reckons he moves like Nat Fife, and I see a bit of that into him as well. And he's trajecting in the right way if he started as a forward and can uh, is about to roll into the midfield. He's definitely got the uh, got the talent to do so. So let's hope he can just you know take this year on board, um, play that midfield time, and boost that fantasy scoring from there. Mm. Yeah. And just a couple ones to monitor uh, for North Melbourne. We got Curtis Taylor. So had a Real roller coaster season last year, played the first nine games, then got injured. Funnily enough, had three games 85 plus and then four games below 37. So it was feast or spamming for Curtis. Um, played a bit of a forward mid rolls junior. Hits his third year, which we all know the breakout year it is. Um, he's definitely done enough to keep me interested and should be around the mark for a game in that side. So definitely one to monitor there. We'll get you'll get him for pretty cheap, I would have thought. And the other one is Lockie Young. So he wasn't really on my radar, but obviously talking to um, Trent a couple of weeks ago, he's on there. 
um, probably gets the chance to play that halfback role at North Melbourne where he never was going to get that chance ever at the Bulldogs. So, a good move for him. Yeah, it reminds um, me of a, like a Mason Redmond type, I reckon. So, yeah, it could go either way. It could go either way, yeah. but I think he's just going to be one that he's not going to be on anyone's radar yeah, at all yeah. and you're going to get him for your last pick in the draft and he could come good or he might be a 40 average done and it hasn't cost you anything. So, yeah. um, one to look at, especially if they do, you know, he said he's fit and firing and, and running really well. So, if he does turn into that dashing halfback flanker, he could be a, a really, really cheap bargain pickup. Never really had a heap of fantasy scoring as a junior, so that's why I'm a bit cool. But yeah. um, It hasn't really shown anything from the few games he's yeah. played. But just one to have on your list as a, as a real late pickup, I think. Oh, if he's there in your last pick of the drafts, yeah. you know, you, you know, for us, Nothing that's one pick lose. 40. You, probably, you might as well lose. take him. Yeah. yeah, he'll probably play most weeks. Well, yeah. he'll probably get a chance anyway. Yeah. Um, Robbie Tarrant's another one. Um, Average 58.4 last year. He was he was pretty good. He takes Mark's defense, had a few kickouts as well. Core coming in might change that, but he'll be available late in drafts and he makes great cover. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if that's all he's worth, then uh, yeah, that's a decent enough reason to own him. Anyways, case that wraps up the uh, team analysis there. So, we'll move on to the membership. So, defender rankings, they're out now. Top 100 are out for members. Top 20 are out for non-members and the top 50 podcast is also out for members as well. So, a widespread there. You can get a- Heaps of information out there for coaches. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, have a look at them, critique them, pick us apart, suggestions. I got I copped it over Luke Ryan during the week. Rightfully so. Yeah, and I, I agree and I adjusted him. I put him inside my top 20. I had him at like 21 to be fair. He's such a good man. But uh, I adjusted. I agreed because I realized that it was personal event, a personal vendetta yes. against him from 2019 and I need to be giving our coaches good advice yes. and that's what the purpose of it for. Not and like you putting Luke McDonald in the mid 30s. Okay? It's because he's not it's being proven. letting your personal bias no, get no, in no, the way. No, no. Maybe I'm not being a slave to listeners like you, Hollywood, just doing what they want like a little puppet. <laughs> I reckon Luke McDonald will be higher than the 30s. Yes, he'll move up at some stage and do a good. little refresh, but I know yes, it would. we're not there yet. Anyway, the midfield rankings are coming out on Friday, so uh, stay tuned for those. We um, just recorded the uh, mini episode for that. That'll also be out on Friday mm-hmm. to the members of the podcast as well. But look, if you enjoy the podcast, podcast appreciate the work we do each week um please consider signing up as a member um everything that we kind of raise goes back into the podcast to make it bigger and better for our listeners so you're really doing yourself a favor by jumping on board really so making um, your fantasy team better exactly all right uh yeah we've also got draft e numbers um out there and the podcast so with no no prospectus um you're going to need to get, get your involved. fantasy scores from somewhere for the draftees so it's a good place to get them also got the breakout tracker which we've mentioned it twice i love it that you use it in your analysis you're like oh mm. he's, according to the breakout tracker is this yeah. i didn't know you actually like believed in my work it's great occasionally warms a cockles case occasionally. anyway uh each week we read out uh, five gold members names that have been uh, good enough to uh jump on board and support us so thank you to michael bolan alina herman mike warren Parker Reeve and uh, Henry King as well. So, um, if you want to join up, the links are in the description. So, check below and uh, yeah, um, hopefully you can join us in the members group. But uh, we've also got t-shirts on the website as well. So, um, uh, they're on the merch tab. That's when you need to click on. And you can use the discount code 20T at checkout if you want one for 20 bucks. So, yeah. We've got a podcast review this week, Case. Wow. Do you want to read it out? Yes. It's from Nick P. 12345678901234451. Says, best in the business, great content, know their stuff, good guys, it's debatable, and easy to listen to. Well done, guys, and thanks for your help. 
Cool. So we're actually thanks, Nick. at thanks, Nick. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, we're actually at the end of our um, podcast reviews, so we need some stockpile some more. So if you've got an Apple device, maybe some of the new listeners that jumped on board. If you're still great. listening now, this deep into it, you yeah, definitely yeah. love us. So exactly. definitely write us a review. Please write us a review. Yeah. Five stars too, if you can do that too. We, <laughs> we'd like that as well. All right, let's uh, move on to the listener questions. All right, on to the listener questions. We've got a fair few this week, so apologies if we didn't get to all of them because there is a shitload here. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right, uh, well, hopefully we finish before midnight so um, we can actually get some sleep it's in. It's fine. But, um, yeah. We do it for the listeners. Exactly. All right, uh, let's get stuck in. So, Kays, what's the first question? First one is from Chris Jackson. He goes, Ainsworth, Bailey or Cameron to keep? That's Jeremy. Uh, should be contending after a flag win. He has it at Bailey, Ainsworth, Cameron. Is in order, but what are your order? What is your order there? I've kind of almost gone the opposite. Ooh. So I, it's a big gamble, I think, yeah. but I'd probably take Cameron in that instance only because he's the only one who's averaged over eighty before. Mm. He's done it twice, so he's actually got the runs on the board. New club, um, which is one of the best um, inside fifty clubs as well. For um, Bailey, I think there's just too many mouths to feed for him to actually he's, get that bump. He's dominating this preseason. Yeah, apparently. true. And Ainsworth is the same type as well. I don't think Love he gets him. that midfield time. I, I, I don't know if he's good enough to be that you know great scorer. And like, it's a big gamble. And the only reason I think that way is if I'm thinking about my team that's kind of in the window, almost in the window, could go either way. Um, I would probably just want Cameron in there because I think he's the safer option out of them. Whereas the others could go either way. I think could be. They're all going to be well. Ben Ainsworth is going to be a top twenty forward. That is a super super hard three to pick from. By the way, oh, it's not even a bat. It's a great great position to be in. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Ben Mortimer, where do Haitley and Perryman rank as backs this year? Because they've just been added that in Ultimate Footy. If you haven't heard the news. because they're probably likely to lose back status next year. Hef, how do you rate them? Well, if you yeah go by Alpha Fantasy, they have lost back status, so that it'll generally happen. Um, so for that reason, I don't have them inside my top twenty because mm-hmm. I don't want that. I want to draft defenders early that are going to stay defenders. Um, but I would probably have them around the thirty mark. I rate Haley higher um, as the the GWS midfield was kind of stronger. So I don't think he, I don't think his scoring last year was effective. Like you know that kind of. Coming to the Crows, he'll score better, whereas I think um, Perryman stuck in that same midfield. Mm-hmm. So, I think he might still just do the same as what he did this year. But I reckon Haley's got a legit chance at the bump. I have both of them in my top 20 if did, I had to redo it. Don't you have Zach Williams at like six and he'll never be a defender ever again after this season? Actually, he might, he might even be. Who knows? Zach Williams might be. Uh, there's a fair chance that Perryman could retain back status. There's, he could, he's every chance to go off a halfback well, flank. Yeah, he could, he could just slot into like Heyshaw's spot or yeah. um, Zach Williams' spot anyway. So. And I think that's yeah, a great true. time if you're right for the picking for a premiership. Get on Haley as a back. That's just like free money. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I'm, I'm okay, scared. so I looked at it. I had Brody Smith at like 19 or 20. And if I went to it, even from a whole thing, it would be like, would I rather Brody Smith, Jackson Haley, or Harry Perriman in my side? And I chose both of them over Brody Smith each time. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'd just pick Haley Brody Smith. Haley is 21 and going to be one of the great fantasy players of our generation. The thing, the thing is, between them, I don't think there's going to be that much between them. Like, so I reckon, look, Haley might have the potential to score more than Brody Smith, but it won't be that much. And then Brody Smith will at least have the back status going forward. Yeah, for like. Couple more years and he retires. And yeah, true. Yeah. No, I'm keen. Know. I'm keen. Uh, Paul Milne, keep a question. Do you keep Isaac Cumming or Wayne Miller? This is another super difficult question here, but you I reckon? think 
I think so just because of what you saw coming produce on the end of last year or the yeah. last game of last year and what he can produce in the preseason. No. But with Miller, who who knows if he's going to get his body right and he still hasn't shown that he can really score from a fantasy it's perspective. It's Wayne's world. Either. We all live in it, mate. But I'm picking Miller because I'm more certain that he's best 22. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm going he's by. He's cream. Yeah, yeah. Miller is a very, very good player. It's got to be Miller. I don't think it's he's, he's going to be that great. I don't think he's going to be as great as Kay's talking about. I think he'll be serviceable. You know, I reckon he'll be like the, the 80, around the 80 mark defender in his prime, but that's probably about it. Uh, Josh Donehart. I have picks three or four, three and four in our draft this year. It's the second year of their league. Uh, who out of the rookies should I be targeting, uh, providing there is no better seasoned players in the draft? Um, all right. So he's not looking he's not contending, contending yeah, for a few years yet. All right. So, well, I'll go through the top four. So if you've got mm. pick, what's he got? Pick three and four? Yep. Three and four. So we'll go through the top four. So you should get one of these guys. So Will Phillips, yep. uh, Tom Power, yep. and Braden Campbell, and Elijah Hollands. Mm-hmm. I'll throw in Errol Golden in there as well because- You're a big Errol man. Well, I don't know if he'll, um, I'd give anything. But uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if he'll play straight up, but he's got the fantasy runs on the board. Purely an outside player, though. Doesn't have the inside um, kind of nous yet. He might get it. The only thing I worry is just the outsiders, the pure outsiders don't really score as well in the fantasy, that in the AFL level. That's the only thing. They, they go seem to go really well in juniors and, um, you know, if they play like state league, but they don't seem to transmit that, transcribe that into- um, Transform? Into AFL, transform. No, I think transcribe's fine. It means to take one thing and put it into another, doesn't it? So it means make something into words. In music, transcribe means you listen to it and then you write it down. So, you- you go one form to another. Anyway. Um, Radio. Yeah, so I reckon uh, Errol Goulden has uh, has some good fantasy numbers. He's one to look at. I just don't think he kind of makes a jump that the others probably will. Question. Travis Buckley asks, where does Hunter Clark rank? Uh, I have him 31. Um, so, we did our defender ranks last week. So, if you're not a member, Trav, <laughs> sign up, buddy. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to ask this question. Yeah. Um, I can't pick who's going to be better out of him and Caulfield. What do you reckon? Because they're drafted like yeah. after each other in the draft as well. I looked at mine. I think I've got Caulfield in my top 20. I've got Clark around 25. The start of last year, you would have gone Clark. The other way around. Yeah. But geez, Nick Caulfield played some bloody good football uh, late last year, especially. Clark, it just seemed to plateau a bit for me. I, I had him really rocketing up. But he seems a bit lost yeah. at times to me. Just like, I'm not sure whether he's a midfielder or a halfback flanker, yeah, that sort of that's stuff. That's probably St. Kilda's problem, yeah, not yeah. his. But Caulfield just seems to be so natural in that, uh, into backs, that role. Back, back line spot. So uses the ball beautifully too for a small man so um, yeah I'd be going Coughwood over Clark but that's not really a question but yeah I think he's around that 20 to 50 bracket for me Hunter Clark yeah 20 to 50 20 to 30 sorry thank you (laughs) Um, question at DJ for Brooks do we think Paddy Lipinski can regain DPP and also will he even get a game Um, okay so my answer is if B then A I think the midfield is just too deep so he has Mm -hmm. to play somewhere else um, so if he can get a game, I reckon he becomes a forward. Yep. But that doesn't help his fantasy scoring. What do you do with Paddy Lipinski as an owner? Depends how deep you roll, but it's in our league, it's it's very borderline. Yeah. Because you want to keep him because of that potential as well. Yeah, exactly. But you've got a year of potentially not much going on. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Um right on the border. Right now, probably not in my in my best sixteen. Only just probably like seventeenth player. Very, very close though. Ooh. Yeah. Braden Kennett, next question. Can only keep one out of either Will Day or Lockie Ash. Mm. Who has the best chance of becoming an elite fantasy scorer? 
Uh, I'd be keeping Will Day just on the back of playing last year and mm-hmm. looking better. Um, Ash showed some signs. Ash, Ash low-key was very, very good. Yeah, yeah, he exactly. He flew under the radar But fantasy-wise, like, I mean, like, just not not up there as much. So, I'd probably go Will Day, but you could easily be eating your words later on. This year will be interesting with Ash, I think, because, yeah. you know, like, Make you've got Williams well, gone, yeah. you've got Shaw gone. Like, this is the time where he's going to slot into that halfback role and you'll really see what he can do, uh, even in only his second year, which is crazy to say. But um, I I don't think you're losing keeping either, but I'd be leaning slightly towards day at this stage as well. Yep. Uh, at Time Miller, Mead, Buderick, Georgiades, cut one. Oh, Who's going, getting guys? cut? I'm cutting Mead. Yeah. He's just not going to play at Port for this year at least. I'd, Maybe not next year. It seems strange, but I'm definitely keeping Buderick. I'm definitely it, keeping big Georgiades. He is a machine. The, what, the, just how many third tools turn into grid fantasy scorers? Like, he was sensational last year for a first-year player. Fantasy scoring was? He had a 70. Yeah. I know he had a 70, but I think after that, it wasn't too much to write home about. We've got to remember we're talking fantasy here. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Kays. I'd definitely go Georgiades because I reckon he's got the talent and the flair. But again, Charlie Dixon is probably two or three years away from retiring. Then he becomes an undersized key forward. Mm. How's he going to go then? Yeah, good point. He had a 72 and a 60. Yeah. There was two better First ones last year. Yeah. I think he he will probably have to lean on him as a key to, as a key forward at some stage. But he's so exciting to watch. I know he's bloody exciting, but I just don't think he's going to score that well. So, I would probably... I'd still probably go Georgiades over Mead just because we haven't seen enough of Mead, but I would not be surprised. Mead's not going to play ever. He might not even ever get a game. He might play. He's in the he's in the mix this year. Like yeah. he's training well. He's no. you know chance. Who's son, son of a gun as well? Who spots he taking? Ah, uh, well, you know, any one of those midfields really. You got as soon as one goes down. Like we saw last year when people like um, uh, you know, Rockcliffe would go out. We brought in people like Kane Farrell to have a go on a wing. Mm-hmm. Um, we t- brought in um, I know this was a halfback flank, but Sam Mays had a crack at one stage. Mm-hmm. You've also got um, like he'll get a crack, and I reckon if he can go in there. He'll um he'll go okay. Interesting. Yeah. Next question. Uh, at bangers underscore mash eighty five. Any new draftees knocking on the door at Melbourne besides Luke Jackson and no high end picks in the last few drafts? Well, there's no door left because Luke is beating it down. Oh, but he's um, kicked down is he? Look, I think uh, they're they're tough because they've got a lot of weirdly aged shaped players. Obviously, Trent Rivers is going to be very good, but he's not a he's not a um. A secret 21. Yeah. I think the one you want to keep your eye on is Tommy Sparrow. Yeah. Uh, he had some good fantasy numbers as a kid, um, has got a couple games reasonably early for Melbourne, um, won't be on too many people's lips. He's one that I'm I'm quite He's not on. a draftee, but Charlie Spargo, get on board. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> maybe Aaron Nitschke in 10 years' time when he gets his body right. But yeah, I think um, there's not a heap of yeah underrated guys at Melbourne, but I think Sparrow's one you could have a little nibble at. Right, though. No real draftees are standing out. No real young players are really standing out. It's yeah. a bit of a weird list. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question is, uh, what do you reckon the likelihood of Sean Higgins picking up four DPP this year? My answer is very likely. Yep. I just see him jumping straight into Ablett's role. Correct. That's his swap. Yeah. We, we, need, we can't replace Ablett. So we need to get like the next best thing, and that's who they've come. What in. do you reckon Higgins scoring is going? Is he going to take a hit this year? Yep, but you like you'll be like an eighty-five to ninety BCV, but when he gets four status, that's going to be handy. Mm. I reckon. Uh, next question at Trav 014 I don't know why I said BCV because we don't have to worry about this. Year. No, we don't. <laughs> Uh, by all reports, uh, Harms is back into the midfield, so he wants to know Harms v Miller. Oh, fuck this year, short term. This year, I'd go Harms. Long term, I'd probably go Miller. Miller. 
Yeah, I know you're going, Miller. Just at least we've seen Harms do something before when he's yeah, been in the midfield. But Wayne's he's got so much Miller. untapped potential. We've never seen Miller do so anything. much untapped potential. Yeah. And potentially the biggest question we've ever been asked on the pod we go. comes from at Ninja Spoon One: Pineapple on pizza, keep or delist? Well, it depends on the pizza, really. Like I don't hate like Hawaiian ham and pineapple. Like that's what it is. It's it has its place there. I reckon it's fine on like those um like the the pizza shop style ones that aren't Your like Woodville Pizza Bar. <laughs> yeah, the world famous or nationally famous Woodville Pizza Bar for sure. I drove past that that day. It's not looking too flash. Still, it's gone back to being open. I can't believe that. Jeez, it looks <laughs> run down. Um, but anyway, I wouldn't want it on like your wood fired type, you know, yeah, fancy Italian no. restaurant on type your thing. on your regular um suburban pizza yeah, yeah. bar like your supreme pizza hit it's, me with some pineapple yeah, oh, shit, yeah. do you what do you reckon with the supreme with the combination of the olives and the pineapple that you got that's that fine that's salty yeah, yeah i don't i don't hate i'll eat anything to be honest but i know i can see why people uh, yeah like i'm it. not like i'm not standing on a mountain going pineapple needs to be on pizza but i'm also not saying it's disgusting yeah. you know it's got its place yeah it's got its place it's got yeah. its place every piece of topping probably has its place when you think about it yes now uh just to wrap up if you didn't hear the news before there's a uh, keeper league 101 um, article going live on the AFL website tomorrow. Um, I wasn't going to mention it, but actually Hollywood Hef here asked me I to make not. sure that-, that is bullshit. He asked me <laughs> to put it out there that you, everyone make sure they log on to AFL and see that Hef's name's on the AFL website. So, uh, big shout out to Hollywood for his work uh, getting the Keeper League out into the- Thanks to AFL Fantasy for giving us the opportunity yeah, to- um, no, it's, so it's an honor. So, Roy well, and Calvin for giving us uh, the opportunity to put some of our stuff on the AFL website and put an article up there. <laughs> As well, so maybe next week that. listeners can write in and say who should be my new host when Hef moves over to the Traders next year. But you know, we'll see what happens. Oh, I don't know. Hollywood. I don't think I'll be going that far, mate. I think they're pretty settled. I couldn't leave you anywhere, mate. You're the uh, oh, they, the podcast would cease to exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're honest. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's why I've got you here. It's the honesty. All right, mate. Uh, I think we better wrap that up. So uh, there are some uh, questions <laughs> on the chat, but um, yeah, I think we've we've, we've gone we've gone over time. I think nine thirty, man. We've been on we've been online for an hour and Thanks forty minutes. Trent. Now, he, so. he took up 15 minutes yeah. time. apologies to the, um, the questions we didn't get through um, send them through again next week if you really want them answered some of them we probably answered on the show without trying um, so <laughs> we just probably talked about them anyway so um, yeah anyway that's it uh, catch us on our socials Keep League Pod on Facebook Twitter Instagram um, keep hitting up that Instagram we've been a bit slack on the content this week we need to put some more up there but if you've got an Instagram account make sure you're following us so we can uh, utilise that a bit more um, yeah get on the membership the website keepleaguepod.com.au teaser up there as well I think uh, and yeah head to afl.com.au tomorrow to check out uh, uh, my article I guess um, Hollywood anyway uh, thanks for uh, watching the stream if you're on that and uh, we'll talk to you soon see you guys